she muttered to her absent father. The family had received half a dozen letters home, and then silence. She picked up another photograph. The two men, taken on her father's last trip, arms around each other's shoulders, looking rugged and dishevelled with straggly beards and untrimmed hair. Aunt Alice maintained that they were no relation to each other, but Larry and Jack were often taken for brothers. They were grinning, obviously very pleased with themselves, and Olivia felt the usual rush of irritation. While you were enjoying California, father, your wife was upstairs in this very house, giving birth to another daughter, and then dying, she said accusingly. Two peas in a pot, Aunt Alice had called them, when the last letter enclosing the photograph had arrived. They're not very edible peas, in my opinion. A useless pair. The less we see of them, the better. Olivia sighed, baffled as always by the disappearance of their father. No amount of inquiries had found any sign of the two men, who had last been seen setting out on, of all things, a fishing expedition. Olivia found it impossible to imagine her father killing anything, and was glad that they had no stuffed fish hanging on their walls. She glared at her father's likeness. Mother said you didn't even like fish. Too many bones and altogether too fiddly, according to Aunt Alice, who had known them better than most. After their mother's death, the four children had been considered temporary orphans, but to prevent them going into an orphanage, their godmother, Alice Redmond, had interrupted her burgeoning career as an artist and stepped into their mother's shoes. They expected Jack to return, but he never did. Only Theo could remember much about their mother, because he had been five when she died. Olivia liked to believe that she also had hazy memories, but these might well have been created by Aunt Alice, Ellen's closest friend, who insisted that they talked about their mother and kept photographs of her dotted around the house. She was not so keen to talk about their father, who Alice felt was behaving disgracefully by staying away from his responsibilities. Do come to the wedding if you can, Olivia whispered to her absent godmother. It would be wonderful to be all together again. Sliding further into the bed, she breathed deeply, closed her eyes, and waited for sleep to claim her. Next morning, in another bedroom in the same house, Isabel was opening her eyes and stretching her arms, her thoughts already on the coming day's events. Miss Denny was coming at eleven for another fitting. Isabel rolled her eyes. Perhaps this time the stupid woman would have followed Isabel's instructions, instead of claiming them to be impossible and making alterations of her own. They had chosen her because her prices were very reasonable, but it had been a mistake, and Isabel blamed her sister. She sat up, hugging her knees, and thought about Bertram Hatterley, known to his family and friends as Bertie. Her face was wreathed in smiles as she thought about the forthcoming wedding, but before long her anticipation was overshadowed by the thought of his mother, Dorcas, who Isabel considered a little too forceful, 
and who had originally declared her son too young to marry. Fortunately, Bertie's father had finally persuaded her to accept the situation graciously, but Isabel was thankful that she and Bertie would not be living too near them. They were already looking for a flat that was a reasonable distance away. If a bicycle or bus ride was involved, so much the better. Bertie worked in a men's outfitters in Canterbury, and secretly Isabel found this a little disappointing, even though he was promised a possible promotion to trainee manager, which would lead to a position as assistant manager. Isabel rarely went into the shop because she hated to watch her fiancé being what she considered obsequious towards the clients, his lips fixed in a perpetual smile, his hands clasped in front of him, his bright blue eyes exuding a kind of empathy as though the purchase of a pair of leather gloves or a silk scarf was of some importance.